Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Psychovertical Podcast. I'm Andy Kirkpatrick, and um, I apologise for uh, having a bit of a, a gap. Um, I'm currently, well, I'm currently in Oman, and I've just come here from. I was in uh, Saudi Arabia, um, and uh, as you probably can tell, like everyone's like losing their shit everywhere, all over the planet. So. Um, uh so yeah so i'm kind of i've gone mobile uh i'm like tom cruise um uh <laughs> yeah uh anybody's been listening to this podcast uh you know i have this thing about like don't watch the news don't consume media kind of stuff and uh the you anyway you can see why really basically um uh yeah so uh yeah, um, it's probably best not to talk about the whole what's going on because it's so so ridiculous. But um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure where I'm gonna where we're gonna go actually after uh, after our visa runs out um, here. We only have like a we only have like a ten day visa uh, here. Might have to go back to Ireland uh, or back back somewhere else because it's, it's it's actually getting quite hard to get visas to get into some countries so to get back to where we were living um you have to go to quarantine and things and it's all very uh all very bizarre so uh yeah but anyway but but on to the the subject of uh climate related stuff i haven't got very long to talk because vanessa's just gone out for a run so i have to have this done before before she comes back so so yeah, so um, so this podcast, this is uh, uh, so the, the in this one, I'm just going to talk about some sort of gear related questions. Um, some people have sent me uh, over the last uh, last few weeks. Um, just do a few. Uh, I'll just I'll well, first one this morning, someone asked me what kind of store I recommend for kind of uh, uh, traveling around and uh, and uh, climbing and things. And the stove I'm using at the moment is um, your your classic um, MSR. Um, what's it called these days? The Whisperlite International, um, which is you know your classic. You know MSR make all sorts of stoves. Uh, you know you've got your the reactor and all those all those you know the gas kind of stoves and the XGK whatever it's called now. You know, it's the super, super, super one. Um, and I was—I've been using like an XGK for uh, forever. That's probably the—that's probably the, the the fuel stuff I've been using the longest. And I've had about, you know, they get—I had one, the I had one that somehow was like squashed completely flat. It was like someone took it out of my bag in 
you know, in when it going going through customs and the people are just jumped jumped up and down on it to, to flatten it, flatten it flat, squash it flat, uh, which sometimes happens. Um, it's, 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 it's often very. You always have to be really careful with stoves. Like they, you always want to make sure they're very, very clean when they're going. If when they're going in, you checked uh, luggage because some people get really. Uh, they don't like anything that's that's all stove-like unless it's in a box and it's brand new um, to be going through customs. So there's a good chance that uh, I think I think I was going through. I think I threw flew through like Turkey and um, Malaysia. Uh, on that trip and when I got to the end and I got the stove out the bag it was just flat basically like someone had driven over it with a truck uh, <laughs> so it was a big hammer and just like squash it so yeah so it's so if you're going to take a stove on a plane um, I would recommend you you really really clean it like clean it like you know really really clean make sure there's no no smell of fuel in it whatsoever um, the thing I often stick the whole stick the get a big bottle of coke like two liters of coke and just pour just 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 stick it in a bucket or something and just put loads of coke on it and submerge it and the the coke often ends often helps to sort of clean off all the um because you know if you put like a tooth in some in some uh in a glass of coke it'll like basically dissolve it so you know puts and uh clean that out clean up the bottle as well um it's often worth co covering the bottle so it doesn't look like it's doesn't have, it doesn't have like MSR fuel bottle written on the side of it, because again, like there's a chance your fuel bottle will be taken out and um, and disposed of, and then you won't have a fuel bottle, which is um, problematic. So, so yeah. So, but the the stove I've been using most of the last few years has actually been the Whisperlite International, and the reason for that is uh, you can. Basically, basically anywhere in the world, the the fuel you want to be using is uh, is is petrol, um, like unleaded petrol. And when we're in, you know, when you're in uh, when we're in Africa, uh, you know, if you didn't if you weren't using petrol, we were look using like paraffin. Um, also, because we had we had like we we had the XGK in Africa. And um, did we use diesel? But we use we basically we basically use like petrol. We used um, paraffin. Uh, what we had was some some white gas, some sort of aviation style kind of fuel. Um, uh, we use even use some sort of cleaning. There's some sort of cleaning product you can buy in. I think we had it in Namibia. Uh, we use that. We use that as well. But 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 generally, what you want to do is uh, is just use petrol and. Uh, you want to have, like, ideally, if you're somewhere in a, in a country for like a long time, you want to buy like a big, a proper petrol, like one of those plastic petrol can things that you use. Um, you know, that people always use when they run out of petrol, go to the petrol station and buy one. Just get one of those and um, you fill it full of petrol and just use that. And it's like, like here, like in in Saudi Arabia, like petrol is like, you can fill your whole car up and it probably costs like. 15 quid or something if 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 that so uh, if you haven't got one of those big plastic bottles you can just you you, you just use a big plastic like a two you just use a one of those large is it 20 liter um you get those not 20 liters um like five liters those big the big bottles of water you can buy in uh in these countries and uh because they have quite a lot a large um cap on them 
So you see a lot of people like using them, but you have to be careful if you're putting fuel in that kind of thing, because I think I've got a, I've got a feeling that it, it might dissolve itself out of there or something. So, uh, and whenever you're de dealing with fuel, you always have to, A, like, obviously fuel is like massively com combustible. Um, so you've got to be really, it's got to be safer that you don't want it like spilling out anywhere. Um, uh, yeah, like it's true that if you fire a bullet into a, into a car, into a petrol tank, it's not going to blow up like in the films. But petrol is like super, super combustible. Like it'll, it's, it's pretty dangerous stuff. So ideally you want to have like a proper container uh, to, to, to put it in. And, uh, and, uh, and what else? Uh, I, I tend to find that, I, f I don't know if it's my imagination, but I feel like petrol seems to run, it seems to wear, it seems to go, it seems to use more petrol than white gas. Uh, like, white, like white white gas seems to be, well, it's the most efficient kind of fuel to run your stove on. And it's very uh, it's very clean, where where petrol and other things aren't aren't as clean. Like paraffin's not as clean, so you, you see you might need to clean your stove more often. The more the how you probably how you probably um, how the, how would that would manifest itself in your stove is it's not necessarily that the stove is going to stop working, which it, which that can happen. Is you you just want to um, if you've got like so the the Whisper Light International has like a, a small, like a, a shaker jet inside it, which is like a little ball with a pin in it. And if you shake it, the pin like goes up and down and it kind of makes a, it kind of cleans out the, uh, where the, where the, the vapors like being expelled from the stove where you light it. So you sometimes need to, uh, just give that a shake every now and again, turn it upside down. And you tend, it's very rare. You have to actually dismantle the stove to really, deal with it uh it's like i'd always recommend even if you've got a stove with a shaker jet you should always carry a couple of those really small prickers that you can get for for cleaning out a stove because the they're really handy and the prickers are also do get broken the the, the prick a bit falls off so i, I, I don't wear anything so i carry like always carry like a few of those um and the reason i use a whisper light international is it's it's Kind, I, I want, I want. Some people think, seem to think you can like, you know, <laughs> beef Wellington on it, or you know, do a souffle on it. Like, I don't find it like massively controllable, but it is definitely an XGK is basically it's on or it's off, and that's about it really. You can get like you can you can an XGK you can sort of turn it down, so you just have this like tiny tiny little sort of pilot light. But once the pressure goes down in the stove, that that will probably go out anyway. So it's. Uh, and and so a whisper light has a little bit more control over it, but not a huge amount. Uh, if you want to do, if you're real, if you're real, if you're real cook, you want to get the like the dragonfly, the MSI dragonfly, which is you know a lot a lot more controllable. And the the downside with the dragonfly is it's just a little. It's got more bits that stick out in my in my experience and. It, I, f I feel it's a little bit more easily more temperamental like another thing i'd i would use a dragonfly for camping but i wouldn't i wouldn't probably take it away on like a big a big trip or whatever um in in terms of, of fuel supply the chances of getting hold of any screw on gas canisters if you're taking a reactor or something are pretty minimal uh and like anywhere anywhere in the planet basically unless you're in 
you know, like Australia or New Zealand or, you know, Japan or, you know, America, North America, it's very hard to, f to find it. Like if you're in uh, like Patagonia or somewhere or, you know, Argentina, you, you, there might be, if there's a lot of people going there camping, then you might be able to get hold of that kind of stuff. But you, it's, it's pretty rare to see those kind of gas canisters and don't, don't want to be flying with them because... You know, people do fly with them, but it's like stupid, basically. Like it's, it's just not worth. It's just not worth it. Uh, the 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 for me also, I find that the gas, like a compressed gas canister, is uh, it's just temperamental, really. Like you, if you're using gas canisters, which in a country you don't really know anything about, then you do can have you can have problems with them. Like sometimes there's a there's a, like an error, you know, there's a manufacturing fault and they won't screw on properly or uh, the gas inside them is, is not what it's supposed to be or it's or it's poor quality or, or whatever. And, and the stoves themselves, like jet boils and all those kind of stuff, although they're very, very good for certain things, they're not, um, they're not, they're not that robust, I don't think. Uh, like I've had several problems with those kind of stores and other people have had problems with them where they just wouldn't work uh even even some of the msr ones um they, they, my reactor stove seems to have survived like a long time and that seems to work but i did have the other like the the msr version of a whisper light and that that just stopped working for some reason uh, i don't know if it, i don't know if it's because if they get like really really hot or something there's something happens to them but uh, anyway, so the so that's the good. But no, the, other, the other good thing about Whisperlite and using a, f a fuel stove uh, is it will work in like any conditions from, you know, plus fifty, minus fifty. Uh, it's not affected really by the cold. And um, the only thing that's affected by the cold is the is the pump. So you like if you're going if you're going anywhere super super cold, like sort of you know super Arctic kind of temperatures, then I would. I would always recommend that you take the the pump out of the stove and put it in a plastic bag and keep the pump inside your sleeping bag with you at all times and never leave the never leave the pump uh like in the bottle uh when you when you're carrying it or whatever uh, in when it, if it's this is when it's super super cold uh because what can happen is all the seals uh don't work as well and then the fuel can actually leak out of the bottle. Even if you've got the it's screwed on and you've got the the things closed in, like fuel seems to be able to leak out of the bottle because um, just it just the tolerances sort of change um, or whatever. And um, and I'd, I'd always carry like a, a spare pump as well because the pump is generally the thing that might get broken. Uh, in really in really cold con in really cold in really cold temperatures i have i've seen like the the plunger break or whatever and pri like primus and and those guys like i've not really ever used a, a, a apart from like like you know 30 years ago i never not really used a primus stuff and people tell me they they're really good but just cuz i've used msr stuff for such a long time i uh i kind of i just you know i seem to know how they work really so they seem to work for me, they tend to work really well, and uh, they're probably. I would say that I would say they're probably like the number one stove that people are using. Uh, but it's good. To, it's good to, you know, the more you use them, the more you uh, you understand 
like you could generally can hear like you want the the when the fuel is coming when the when the the stove is running you want like a if you uh you want the sound to be like a constant sound you want a constant pressure of the thing like coming at the gas like coming out when it starts like sounding like a steam engine like, like it starts making this very very subtle sometimes it means that there isn't enough pressure in the in the thing or if you know if if it's taking ages to boil the water then generally that what that mean, what that means is that the the valve is 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 probably um a little bit fouled up and there's not enough fuel coming out so if you often you know you're like why is this water not boiling and then you just get the stove and you give it a good shake and the pricker comes up and pricks the hole and suddenly like it bursts the life and there's lots of fuel coming through again and it's nice and, and it works really well uh a pressure on the stove i think what what msr should do they should bring out a fuel bottle that actually has a pressure va- pressure gauge like built into it so when you're um pumping up the stove you can sort of get a, an idea of what what the ideal pressure needs to be because that's at the moment you just kind of you know pressurize it to what you think is enough and you can use the pressure to actually adjust the the heat coming out of the stove but i tend to just um you know put you know really really pressurize it and then uh, i think it's supposed to be 19 pumps when the bottles feel full and that's a very small amount of space so you might have to do like 60 100 pumps or something if if there's not a lot of fuel in there um uh, one one the thing one thing i always recommend um is uh, to buy like a simmer ring um you don't you, you can actually make a simmer ring just out of uh you know like the a lid of like a big lid like a lid off a coffee lid not the metal one you know like the big coffee coffee tins um or a, a lid off a paint can but a simmer ring is basically a uh, heat well it's like a heat diffuser it's like a big round th- piece of metal it's not a huge anyway you can, but there's different sizes but it's like a piece of perforated metal that's got like that it's very very thin and what you do is you just put it over the flame and it kind of uh, diffuses the flame so it makes it less it's just, it's just, it's, you don't have any hot spots so it's very good if you're um doing any sort of cooking where you like oh, oh, the MSR stove's not too bad, but some stoves that can actually create like a bit of a heat spot. So if you were like going to like heat some milk up for like hot chocolate or whatever, then you, you'll you'll get like a you can often get like burn marks or whatever. But if you were making like an omelette or you were making you know you're making your souffle at the at the campsite, then then having a a, a, a heat diffuser ring is uh, really good, and you can buy you can buy them off. Off eBay, like super cheap. You can buy. You can buy like a like a dedicated one. I think back is it backpacking pantry. They uh, they they used to make like a an oven, like a like a folding oven, like fitted over the top of your stove out of some some highly you know heat resistant sort of material, and they, they in their kit you get like a a heat diffuser rig in it, which is. Um, but you you don't need to have like a dedicated one. You could just buy one of these like cheap, you know, cheap cheerful ones. About like five dollars, ten dollars online, and uh, they have like a little get the one that's got a little handle on it because you want to be able to lift it on and off uh, as you're as you're cooking. And that's a yeah, I'd say that's a good a good a good piece of kit. 
kit to get hold of because it doesn't doesn't weigh very much. Uh, in terms in terms of uh, traveling pan wise, uh, we often uh, turns where we are. Sometimes we just I generally always have a frying pan, and I'll usually buy that in the in the country and then just uh, uh, leave it or leave it give it to like a charity shop or whatever. Um, like you often buy a lot of uh, pans and things and things for eating in a charity shop. So if you're in Australia, uh, in the US or whatever, you can uh, you can you can just buy that kind of stuff, and it saves having to carry it across, you know, in your in your, in your luggage. Um, and you know, so I, I think like a full size frying pan is a is a good. And it's kind of um, it's kind of handy. Like out here, like in the in the Middle East, you get a lot of like Arab um, sort of bread, which is like flat bread, and it's a bit you know. But same with tortillas, same in the US. Like it's always much it's it's much nicer if you like heat it up. If you so yeah, so you can um, like fry frying up with like butter as well is 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 quite is quite nice. Um, and uh, we uh, we like eat quite a lot of eggs when we're traveling because eggs seem to last a really really long time and you know the i often have like eggs you know eggs for breakfast eggs you know eggs fry eggs and tomatoes and halloumi and stuff you'll be getting hungry now uh, and have that for like breakfast and uh, with this kind of arab arab kind of bread and then you know you there you just egg, eggs are good like you can buy like a huge tray of eggs for not a lot of money in most countries and you can, you know, omelets are good, and um, is it carbonara or whatever it is? All that kind of, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's good, good kind of stuff. And you can boil eggs up and have them for your lunch in the daytime and and everything else. Uh, so, so yeah. So at the moment we have like one one pan. It's probably like a two liter pan and a frying pan, and that's it. And then we have like two cups. And you can pick up <laughs> if you're a if you're a dirt bag, you can pick up cups from like if you stay in a hotel or whatever there'll often be cups in there um or you can buy like paper cups and just burn burn the paper cups in the fire uh and uh the little metal cups are quite good like the uh, i think one of the best companies for for pans and all that kind of stuff is alp kit uh they make a really good titanium pan no titanium a, ber- a large titanium cup and that cup actually, like on my reactor stove, uh, I have the, I think I have the titanium, the titanium cup I have fits inside a, um, fits inside the GSI plastic cup you can get, which is is really, really good cup. And and we ha- I have that and the handles cut off it. So the, the GSI cup goes inside the, um, the reactor stove and then the, the titanium cup goes inside the GSI cup, so it all kind of fits together like a Russian doll kind of thing, and that works really well. But um, yeah, it's quite—it's quite having a metal cup that you can cook on is kind of handy. But you're just going to burn your burn your lips unless you have some like tape. You want to put some like gaffer tape on one side of it to stop burning, not burning your lips. Um, yeah, tit- titanium is good, but it, I think it's—is it too efficient? It's, it, um, it, like it's easy to burn stuff. So titanium's titanium's good if you're just going to heat water and things. 
but it's less good. You wouldn't want a titanium frying pan. It would be a total disaster. Um, and uh, probably the, a good thing to always have is carry a flint and steel, like a light my fire. Flint my flint and steel, that's really handy. Uh, so you're basically fucked if you, if you can't light your stove. Um, and a flint and steel will work anywhere. It works in any temperatures with gas or liquid fuel. Um, you know, it's, you, you can throw it in the water and it'll still work. Uh, where light, lighters and matches and all those things are a dis, uh, can be a, a disaster. They can just stop working for no reason. They get damp or whatever. So, yeah, so that's... Uh, so, yeah, so hopefully that answered your question. But the main, the main thing is whatever stove you have, uh, use it. You know, use it as much as you can to really, um, really kind of understand it and uh, make sure it's it's nice and clean when you're um, traveling with it. Like even even think about putting like a little stick some tape on it and write like this has been this is clean or something just so just so the the airport people know about it. Uh, so I had another question. I had a question. It was about twist lock, auto locking um, carabiners. Uh, are they a good idea? And I would say yes. I I really uh, uh, I I think nearly all my well most of my sort of biggish carabiners are are um, sort of twist lock ones. But they're uh, so pets will call it like triac triac lock. And DMM, um, I think they call it, what do they call it? Um, lock safe, I think. So basically, I, I, I'm not so keen on ones where you just turn it in one direction and then the carabiner opens, which is, a, I think, it's, is that a quick lock? Anyway, they have different names for these things. I mean, there's one where you just literally turn it, the carabiner opens. Like, I'm not so keen on those ones because I have seen where they can kind of... Um, in certain certain ways, they can roll. The carabiner can get rolled, and then the gate just opens, uh, which you can, which can happen with the screw gate, but it's less less likely to happen with the screw gate. But with but with a, a twist lock, with a with this this with two with a two action twist lock, you have to push it down, then you have to twist it. But with a basic one, you just twist it and it opens. So a two a two a two lock a two two direction one is uh, really good. Probably the, the safest of those is like a ball lock kind of carabiner, which I think only pets will make. We have to press down a little button and then you turn it and it opens. Uh, you can also get like, you know, you, you can get the the uh, the BD ones with the magnets where you have to like press the sides and, and pull them open. Uh, I have had some of those. I, I, don't, I don't like them for... For winter climbing, so much those those kind of things, and I, and, I don't, and in fact, I don't like I don't really use any of the any of those kind of carabiners, twist locks, whatever for winter climbing, because uh, there's just there seems to be just a lot more. There's a lot a bit they're a bit heavier, but there's also there's a if you have like if you're abseiling and the carabiner is getting hot and whatever, and there's snow around, then you can get like the water can melt and get into the the carabiner so sometimes it can be quite hard to 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 open them uh, it can be quite hard with a with a with a with a screw get but it's it, it tends it can be a little bit harder with these other carabiners they can just like freeze up so uh, but for rock climbing and summer summer kind of climbing I, I i think they're really good i think they're just i think they're just say they're just safer because I, f I find you always 
often with a screw grit, screw, screw gate, it's done up when you don't want it to be done up, and it's not done up when you want it to be done up, and they can easily, you know, ropes run across them, and there's loads of reasons. Uh, also, you can't like over tighten them, which is probably the biggest advantage. You know, there's always that, you know, oh, I can't get my carabiner undone. Um, like that, that, that's generally caused more by using old carabiners, where so the classic thing is you're hanging on a belay with somebody, and all the weight is on the carabiner. And they uh, they 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 do it up a bit more. Like they go like, oh, the carabiner's not really done up. It's uh, I'll do it up a bit more and they like turn it another another turn. And then when they take the weight off to to leave the belay, they can't get it undone. And the reason is is that when it was weighted, the carabiner the the carabiner actually flexed, so there's more space. And then they've tightened it. And when they've taken the weight off it, it's like gone back. Tried to go back to it's it's unflexed. And it means that the the gate is like jammed shut. Now most most modern carabiners you can't do that. Like if you if you notice a modern carabiner, if you get the gate as tight as you can, the screw gate as tight as you can, if you if you press it with your finger, there's still some still some uh, movement and play in the gate because it has a, like a stopper. Where I think the older carabiners you could just you could just keep tightening it as as far as you can. You could get like a, a wrench in there and tighten it. Uh, I have had I have experiences of carabiners where it was like almost impossible to undo it. Where say you'd say they'd been attached to like a portal edge and three people have been standing on the portal edge and someone had tightened over tightened it and once you once you took your weight off the portal edge, there was no way you could like undo that carabiner. So, um, so yeah, so I I yeah, so I I yeah, I really like those kind of car- right carabiners. They're very um, they're uh, they're just kind of. I think they're just they're just safer. And the the main what's the main carabiners I'm using at the moment like that is uh like I t- I always carry uh one like large carabiner. Sometimes I carry two of those. Uh like a so I've got like a I think mine's like a Petzl William kind of carabiner. And uh and then I have quite a few like a few like small carabiners. And the ones I use is well, it's, it's SMD carabiners from um from Petzl, which is like a small, uh, small carabiner, uh, and there, I think I was just looking on the Petzl website. Oh yeah, I think that's just I think them, yeah the small D, uh, oh, that's just called a, um, it's, just, it's just a twist lock on that one. But anyway, um, and they're quite good. They have like a little hole in them as well, the carabiners where you can put some cord through it, so they're quite good if you're using them. With uh, tib locks or whatever, you can actually tie the tib lock like into the into the carabiner. Um, so yeah, so they're they're really good, uh, really good little carabiners. Um, what was I? I had another question. Uh, well, a kind of weird question. Someone someone asked me about uh, like I'm not a woman, uh, <laughs> not yet. Um, someone asked me about. Going on, going away on trips with men. If you're a woman, like random men who, uh, who you know, get, get in contact with you. So, uh, um, yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a that's kind of a tricky one. I think I think it wasn't just it wasn't just the fact. I think she was thinking that you might get raped or murdered, and that's probably not unless you meet someone on UK climbing. Um, uh, I think with I think a lot of these I think a lot of these things. I think um 
like men, like men are men and women are women. I think. I think it's quite good to to make it to make it plainly obvious that why you're going going somewhere with someone is because uh, you want to go climbing and that's it. You're not in you're not in looking for love or whatever. And I, I say that because only from experience of like knowing lots of people who went on trips with each other uh, and of both of both sexes, as in. The woman went on a trip with some guy, and you know wanted wanted to get with a guy, or the but generally the other way around. A guy goes climb with a woman, and uh, he wants to get off with the woman or whatever. And uh, it can lead to a, a great deal of it can lead to like relationships and things, and people get on well, or whatever. And o- and often people are in their uh, they're at their best when they're doing like difficult things, but then sometimes not. You know, sometimes this like this guy who thinks he's going to be like this amazing stud and he's going to impress this this woman he's invited on this trip can actually be a total loser, and the woman's like you know amazing and uh, <laughs> it doesn't work, it doesn't work out. But generally, people are, are their best and at their you know are their best when they're in nature and climbing and and you know they they don't have the mobile phones on and they don't have all that shit going on in their lives so. So it's it's quite you know it's quite good you know if you were if you were wanting to go on the perfect like blind date then going on a trip with someone uh, unless it ten, didn't turn out to be a total psychopath or an asshole then it might it might be it might be quite good um, but I think with a, a lot of these things like I know I know people who have gone on trips like women where they knew that the the only reason they were going on this trip was that this this guy basically fancied them. And and they went anywhere. Like I don't know. Like if, if, I always said, don't do it. Like it's gonna create so much stress and whatever. But um, it's what it's like that. It's like that um, that scene in Dumb and Dumber where the woman's like, look, there's like there's a million. You know, the chance of us getting together is like a million to one. And the guy's like, you mean there's a chance? You know, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. So. Um, so yeah, but I think it's I think with a lot of these things, it's like it's like setting the it's like being speaking honestly to people and saying like, look, you know, I'd like to go on this trip with you, and we're gonna sleep in separate tents and you know whatever you know like just just like nothing's gonna happen you know you know just just you know if that's if that's why you want me to go where with you you know. You know that's not that's not going to happen. That's not well, that's not how I do things, and and probably you'd find w- where people probably lose interest. If that's why they're interested in going away with you, you know, then they're probably just going to lose interest and not not contact you again. But also you got a thing like what why why is this person this random person I don't know want to go climbing with me, you know, like yeah you might be desperate for someone to go climbing with, but why? You know, why does this person contacting you to go climbing with you? Like, why do they not have anybody else they can go climbing with? Like, have they pissed everybody else off? Or are they just using this as an excuse to go on, like, a, you know, like going on a, if you go on, like, a date with someone in a, you know, going have a, going have a meal with someone, that's bad enough. If it's not, if they're not the right person, that's, like, excruciating, excruciating enough. But going away for, like, a weekend climbing, that's, like, bloody horrendous. But going away for, like, Let's go to America and climb El Cap together, whatever. Like, oh Christ Almighty. Um, so yeah, so 
so yeah, so I think I think it, searching for I, I've had quite a few questions about searching for for people to go away with and um, and climbing. Like if you're a woman, you got an advantage because there's more men, and the men are you know most of them are losers because they're climbers. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's that's why we're getting climbing partners. But I think um, I think it's, I think trying to find people to go climbing with who you know who aren't necessarily climbers. It's often a better way to do it. You know, if you go to a climbing wall or join like a climbing club, like climbing clubs aren't as bad as you uh, bad as you think. They're often a very good way of like learn, you know, learning things, meeting people, um, and uh, even if even the point of joining a climbing club and getting involved and getting new members, so you get more people like you in the climbing club, is a good uh, good you know a good thing. Like I, I've only ever joined one climbing club when I moved to Ireland. I joined like the IMC, which is Irish Mountaineering Club, uh, just because I uh, I ended up like, meeting loads of people in the IMC, and I really really like I really really like them, and, uh, and for some reason I joined the club. I'm not sure, I'm not sure why. <laughs> it was like cheap, um, but yeah. So I, I you know the the a club like that, like IMC, they like they do training. You know they train people up, and you know, a lot of people with a lot of experience. You have got people who've like you know, c- climbed all over the world, you know, in some really, some really amazing places. So, f- you know, that was really good. Um, I think in the UK, a lot of clubs are really wary of doing any kind of training. I'm probably even wary about new members, you know, because everyone's terrified of being sued or whatever. But, but yeah, but clubs clubs are quite a good way of doing it. And then, and then at the climbing wall, the same thing, you know, tr- just trying to talk to people, trying to get, try and, you know, you know, put push yourself forward and try and you know most most people if you ask can I go climbing with you, you know you're going climbing at the weekend, you know they'll they'll kind of do it. So uh, <laughs> Vanessa's Vanessa's telling me I have to shut up now because she wants to go for a breakfast. So um so yeah I guess I guess that's it. I shall maybe I'll I'll cover this in some more some more detail. But you just you just uh, you know just tr- you, you really you know you got. If you go and climb with someone, you, 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 number one thing is not about how good they are at climbing or even how safe they are. Uh, it's just if you get on with them, really. Like, it's not, you know, it's being a lot of, like, really, really amazing climbers are probably just big assholes. Like, you don't want to hang out with them. Um, and if someone's not really safe, you can always work around that. But if someone's just an asshole, you can't really work around that. You know, you might, you know, a lot of, a lot of the time you might be, like, a rope length apart. You know, most of the time you're not. So, so yeah. So that's it. So I'll, I'll see. I'll try and get another. I'll try and get another podcast out, uh, and, and and not be so late next time. Ella, Ella, my daughter, was telling me off for being late. So um, yeah. So I shall talk to you soon if we are for all still alive in a week's time. Okay. Bye bye. I'm sorry. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.